1: expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Scaling Up Services. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And our guest today is... Kelly Glover. And she is founder of the Talent Squad. This is going to be an interesting episode. We're going to talk about podcasting. So I'm always uh, a little self-conscious about talking to people about podcasting, being a podcaster. But I'm excited about this. I think there's going to be some interesting content. And I think it really applies to anyone that's running a business, founding a business, growing a business, how to use podcasting and, and the great opportunity that podcasting has to develop great content, to develop audience, develop reach. So I'm excited about this. I think there's some interesting things we can do and create some really interesting opportunities for folks that are looking to expand and build their businesses, and are looking at podcasts as a tool for that. So, with that, Kelly, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's a little bit meta, but in a good way.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. I think that you know, I've, I've certainly have embraced podcasting. I run two podcasts now, and it's a great format for anyone who's you know looking to develop content, but also thought leadership, and really kind of take the expertise that they have and, and get it out to the world, reach a broad audience, attract the people. So I think it's a great format. I'm curious to learn about your insights, how you've worked with entrepreneurs to help get them, you know, using the podcast format, get them on podcasts, get them, you know, get their message, get their story out there. So I'm excited for this. When when we start a little bit of background, how did you get in to the podcasting space? What was the story? Did you, uh, have you always been in podcasting? What led you to this? Give us a little bit of the background.
0: Yeah. So I've been in media and entertainment for 19 years. You might notice from the accent, I am Australian, but I actually graduated from Ohio University in Athens, oh, yeah, and sure. I did my internships in Hollywood. So I started out before Facebook, before podcasts. No one had a mobile phone. We're all using paperbacks. basically in the dark ages, and my entire degree is on something that didn't even exist, which is amazing. So I went through the entertainment business, ended up in radio as a radio announcer, and in 2007, I started podcasting, and that's when it was radio. You took the show after it had gone live, took out the songs, took out the commercials, and that's what a podcast was. It was so complicated. Pages and pages and pages of paper following the steps, and if it worked, awesome. If not, well, better luck next. Time and it took hours to get it done. I went to the National Radio School in Australia. They take ten people. Ended up being a syndicated radio host. Moved back to Los Angeles and couldn't get a job in radio, so ended up in <laughs> podcasting. I was right I um, doing yeah doing show notes for a podcasting agency. Ended up as a podcast booker. And in the beginning, I was a bit oh you know this isn't radio. This is kind of amateur, a little bit cheating. Yeah. It's guys under a blanket talking to themselves. So I didn't really. I was a bit you know. (laughs) Radio was definitely hating on podcasts. Yeah and the more i did it the more i loved it and now i'm like the biggest evangelist for podcast ever i literally will tell people on the bus which i did yesterday about what podcasts they could be listening uh, to and i love being proven wrong but that's what's happened in podcasting and yeah. i couldn't be happier because i love it and it's now my full-time business
1: i love it so give me a sense of of your kind of take about how podcasting has evolved because you know as you mentioned you know 10 years ago 12 years ago i mean this little side thing that people were starting to do and some sort of techie nerds that knew how to how to kind of set up web streaming and things like that were starting to do it. But it's really evolved quite a bit. Like how how have you seen this or what are the kind of the phases that you've seen or how how have how has podcasting evolved into the medium that it is today from from your point of view?
0: It is believable and it has accelerated so much just in the last few years. So I equate it to in the beginning being like ham radio. You know yeah. what I mean? That was yeah. pretty much the equivalent of it. And I think 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 now, it's not just podcasting, it's YouTube and all the other mediums. Everybody is their own media outlet Mm. and it's given access to people to share their message that wasn't available before. You needed a public relations person. You'd be on like, you know, Good Morning America or something. The access wasn't there. It was only for the very few. And now everybody has access to niche and targeted audiences where before it was broad. So I think it's changed with that. And also just people knowing about it and you know, I watch the evening news and they're like, hey, listen to my podcast or I'll be watching a TV show and there's a companion podcast. So in the last few years, and especially from the conferences that I've been going to, yeah. I've seen Hollywood come in. I've seen all the big businesses come in. They're all consolidating now. So there's a lot of stuff going on internally and it's it's just moving very quickly. So I, who can project what it will be like, but it's amazing what it's grown to. And I think it's really cemented itself in culture and media landscape.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, like you, you, mentioned something that I that I think is really key to understanding podcasting these days is is the idea of being able to really curate audiences and develop really niche audiences, and then you know the goal today is not necessarily to get a million followers or a million subscribers downloads. You know, is it's getting getting the the ten thousand, the twenty thousand that are your really the audience that you want to speak to, and that that is really going to help drive your business, particularly from the business side and entrepreneurs. You know, is is really understanding how do I develop that niche audience and how do I communicate with them effectively? Because that's that's all I need. I don't. I mean, depending on the business and, and and what you're trying to sell, you know, you may only need a couple of thousand people, and if it's the right people, and that generates good business for you,
0: that's success. Yeah, at the Talent Squad, we say. It's the speaker tour you can do without leaving the house. And it really is. And that's the way to think about it because a lot of people say, I just want to be on the Tim Ferriss show. It's a million downloads or nothing. And that's like saying, I want to marry Brad Pitt or nobody. Like, good (laughs) luck with that. That's the way that I think about it. But would you travel to Columbus, Ohio to talk to a room of 500 people that are your target audiences for a conference? Yeah, you would. So I think discounting a smaller podcast It's not a wrong attitude. It's just a different mindset and something people hadn't thought of. It's not wrong. It's not that they're negative. It's just that they don't know. And it's learning that, wow, that's pretty amazing. And unlike the conference in Columbus, Ohio, that's at 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, well, if you record a podcast and that has 500 downloads, that podcast is still going to be accessible for years and years and years and years. But that audience in Ohio is only there for that 30 minutes on that particular day. And also, with podcast guesting, talking about curation, You can turn it into a blog post. You can do some behind the scenes. Like There's a lot of content that you can pull from it as the guest. In addition to the host, you put it in your social queue and just let it roll out for years to come because not everyone's going to see it, as we know with socials, on the day in the 10 seconds that comes out due to the algorithm, but you can put it on your website as part of your media page. You can put it in your email signature. You can shout out the host and pull out some quotes. There's a lot that you can do and highlight yourself as a media expert. And as we all know, we all do it. Scroll through Instagram, scroll through Facebook, look, oh there's Bruce. Oh, there's Bruce. Oh, yeah. there's Bruce. Oh, there's Bruce. And suddenly Bruce is everywhere. Oh, I better listen to that podcast. Yeah. And before you know it, you've got that expert status, which is the authority, the credibility, the reputation, the influence, strengthens your personal brand. So I told you I was a podcast guesting evangelist. Yeah. <laughs> and I am preaching to the choir. Established, yeah. Niche established and curated audiences as opposed to turning on good morning and America at six o'clock and whoever's on is on. It's not what you're looking for. It's what you come across. But with podcasting, I'm out there looking for a solution because I want information and I want to learn something. So podcast listeners are more, how shall we say, interactive Mm, because they're searching for something specific as opposed to let me just turn something on and whatever happens to be there, I'll roll with it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think you get get their attention in an interesting way. I mean, I think that because of, of the format and kind of the conversational nature of of, of a lot of the podcasts you know you end up capturing a unique kind of attention from listeners that that you wouldn't get with you know advertisements and um, you know even social posts that I think is it's just an interesting way of getting to a particular audience just in terms of the, the nature of the mode that they're in when they're actually listening to a podcast
0: yeah it expedites the no like and trust factor because you either like the person or you don't you like their energy or you don't you can tell if they're on point or if they're just completely full of it so i think you either like the person or don't like the person, and it just skips ahead in those steps. Like it's the word that they use, it's the energy that they use, it's the intonation that they use, it's all those things. And then it's not about going to buy my thing at the end of the episode. It's like, oh, okay, well, I like Bruce, I like Kelly, yeah, I'm going to go and check out, get in their ecosystem, and see if there's something there and what else I can learn. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and it's 30 to 60 minutes as opposed to a scroll, a three-minute segment, because people listen to podcasts. As a full thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm in the middle of a podcast. So, even if you're on the way to the shops, to the gym, to pick up the kids, whatever, you will finish that podcast on the way back. Where, with all the other medium, you know, if you're watching, I keep saying Good Morning America or a blog post, yep. you just get through what you get through and then you move on.
1: Yeah. It's a fascinating kind of format and, and media. And I can see why it's, it's taken off. I mean, in terms of businesses or people, entrepreneurs that can leverage podcasting better than others, is there anything that you've seen in terms of either the type of business, stage of business, type of entrepreneur that are more inclined or or will get more benefit out of the format than others? Or have you, I'm curious if you've seen any patterns or tendencies?
0: Yes. And I think Bruce, it comes back to mindset. Again, people that come to me and say, I want to go on this podcast. And as a result, I want someone to buy the book, buy the product at the end of the podcast. And I'm measuring in sales is not the way to go this is actually a branding and personal branding exercise it's earned media if you want trackable sales then that's advertising you need to pay yeah. for the audience pick barbara in in los angeles who's 35 to 38 that wants to buy toilet paper whatever whatever yeah. the thing is but this is about leveraging you as an expert so i think that the people with that mindset and knowing that it's a long play is going to get more benefit from it than direct response because again that's just a different that's advertising this is earned media two different things
1: yeah yeah exactly and tell us about uh, the talent squad in terms of how how did this come about what are you focused on how have you kind of carved out your niche in the podcasting world and, and who do you help and how do you help them
0: yeah so I had a Jerry Maguire moment I was working for another agency and I was also working as a producer for a podcasting network doing mid six-figure podcasts Mm -hmm. and both of those contracts ended and I went, oh my gosh, I'm at the top of my field. I'm doing amazing stuff. I'm getting millions of downloads. I'm you know, booking 80 interviews a month. And then I just thought, well, I've got the skills. I'm going to venture out on my own so that way when the contracts won't end, I'm in charge of it. So I went out as a practitioner like many of us do and they went, oh, there's a whole world of business behind this that I now need to learn. What about the accounting? What about all these contracts? and all different things. So, yeah, I broke out, had my Jerry Maguire moment with one client and one staff member, started the agency, was a practitioner, and then quickly learned all the business behind that. Still learning and also still evolving the agency with regards to what people want, how they want it as clients because it's just changing. Yeah. The, the industry is new. It's being made up as it's going along. But it's a combination of a PR agency but also a producer mindset. Okay. So, it's um yeah, I love it. Is fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's an interesting, you know, kind of matchmaking service. You know, is getting the right people onto the right programs. I mean, is how do you like? What's what are some elements of the strategy? How in terms of how you decide who you're going to take on as a client? How you kind of figure out what podcasts, what programs they're going to be kind of a best fit for? How does that kind of thinking work? I'm curious how you know what is, what is the algorithm that you use to kind of do that matchmaking? I
0: love that you say algorithm. It's like my brain is a computer and running. <laughs> (laughs) its own program. I would love that. It's like the matrix. I know Kung Fu. Uh Um, Well, we are a boutique agency, so we're highly selective. We don't have a huge volume of clients and we go for the white space a lot of the time because if you're coming to me and saying, hey, I want to get on podcast and I want to talk about entrepreneurship, that's a topic, not a talking point. So we need to go deeper and really get into your messaging. And we also need to make sure that you're ready to go to market because there's a lot of sourcing vetting and pitching the shows to get that yes because it is a competitive market so we need to make sure that you know booking yourself on podcasts is about step six we need to go back to the beginning who are you talking to what do you want them to do as a result what's your messaging what's your talking points who are you competing with in the market to get that spot? And do you have all your ducks in a row with regards to your one sheet, your press kit, your, you know, like your headshots? Mm-hmm. Is everything consistent across the board? So it's making sure that you are ready to your media ready. And that's yeah. really important.
1: Yeah. And how much, I mean, I guess how, what are the challenges you typically come across working with entrepreneurs in, in this process to help get them media ready? What do they typically have and what do they typically not have in terms of, you know, either thinking through, you know, what they want to achieve, their talking points, you know, how they present. What, what are some of the common kind of challenges that you see for for entrepreneurs that want to leverage podcasting in terms of getting on podcasts to get their, their name and their message out there?
0: The biggest challenge is that entrepreneurs and experts in their field know all the things and they're, you know, like I said, practitioners, but sometimes they can't identify their own expertise because it's so easy for them. They don't know what's interesting to other people because it seems too basic. So one of the challenges is for not challenge for me, but for them is to identify that we call it the expertise extractor. So I will keep asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, because sometimes you don't realize what is so fascinating about you. Mm. And then we can turn it into talking points, you know, turn it into hooks and headlines and send it out to the media. So it's that I'm an expert in my field, I know what I'm doing, but what makes me fascinating so I can take that to market and talk to audiences, which I think is for everybody. It just takes an outside person a lot of the time. You can't see the wood for the tree. You can solve everyone else's problem, but you can't solve your own, including myself. But I come in, I'm like, oh, and I will keep, I'm nosy. So I'll ask questions, ask questions, I'll keep probing. And then I like pull out the golden threads, package it up and send this amazing press kit to market and pitch to market as well. So yeah, I want to go on podcasts. I want to talk about entrepreneurship is never going to make it. So we need to repackage that expertise.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I I think that is so true. I mean, we can't, we can't read the label of the bottle we're in, right? So we need that outside perspective. And the other one I think I find, I just find this so much is, you know, people get very kind of in their head and very kind of logical and rational about what they want to talk about. And I mean, yes, we need takeaway points and we need, you know, kind of strategies that people can use, but but people connect with stories and people connect with you know how people got there and and all the kind of intricacies and the details that go along with that and I think that a lot of times um, you know we forget to tell the story around what I've learned and and you just kind of focus on the takeaway and I think that ends up missing missing the point in terms of how you connect with people how you build audience how you build a relationship like you the whole no luck and trust like the way that you do that is being real and, and being a human and, and actually telling that story as part of the process I'm curious how much you actually work with your clients on helping them kind of extract those stories craft those stories articulate them so they can bring them on to the programs they're going on to.
0: Oh, that's a huge, that's huge. huge that's what I'm saying. People are yeah. going in going, I want to be on podcast, but here's all the steps that you need to do before that because, and it really is me interviewing it, just uh, being nosy and asking all those questions and going, and you might say one or two words and I'll be like, no, back, back, back. Okay, let's go into that. Let's go into that more, 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 because you'll glaze over something with, oh, by the way, I did this and yeah. it will be the most interesting, amazing thing that yeah. can come out for talking points that people, that you think is nothing but it's like a little golden nugget it's a diamond in the rough so it's getting all those little diamonds and then sending them out to market but it's also testing because what's good for one show isn't good for another show and something that you may not be getting a reaction from or getting yeses from could be good for another market or just get rid of it no one's interested so it's finding the white space and you might have something amazing but if that's a topic somebody else is talking about they've done the rounds well you either need to add on to that or go count to that or find some more white space that what's no one else talking about but should be. Because it's not just you pitching yourself. You're actually competing against the back catalogue of episodes that have been on that show. So when you pitch – It's pitching the problem, not the person. It's not really about you and your expertise. It's what problem you can solve for the audience and what value you're giving to them because no one cares about your book. They care about the information in the book, the problem that you're solving and you are the person to deliver that message. Mm -hmm. Unless you're a personality that is known, it's less about you and more about the audience. Even when you're pitching, Bruce, I'm not pitching you. I'm pitching your audience and you are the person exactly. that's saying yes to get that on the audience. So there's actually multiple people in the pitch, some there, some not there, some real, some not real. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm an agent, I'm pitching my client. So that's me and the client. I'm pitching you, that's three of us, but I'm pitching the audience, that's four of us. And I'm also really pitching to the back catalog. So that's five. Yeah. So even though you think it's sending one email, well, there's five people in that relationship. <laughs> and if you've got a producer, at six and a VA at seven. Yeah. So it's a lot of... Of locked, I look at pitching podcasts and getting into a show as a series of doors and opening the door with that key. So the first one is the subject line. If you don't have a good subject line, you're not even going to get through the first yeah. door.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. then the
0: body of the email. And it's all just to get to the point of the host of you going, okay, yep, I'm interested in Kelly. And then you do your vetting of me. It's not going to be a yes. You'll, and then you'll do a whip around of what's a social like? Mm-hmm. What other shows has she been on? And that's where we go back to the beginning of you need to be ready because if you're not, you can get through a series of six doors and then it's a, oh, well, her Instagram's different to a Facebook's different to a LinkedIn and they're all different names and they're all different photos and they're all different messaging. It's a mess.
1: Yeah, yeah. and tell me about the podcast side. I mean, when you're out there, I mean, you know, I'm assuming you're looking at lots of different podcasts, lots of different hosts. What qualities do you look for, or what are you looking for in terms of a a quality podcast or a podcast that's going to serve your client well? How do you kind of evaluate that, or what are the things that you're looking for in order to make that match?
0: So everything I've just said, it's the flip side, and when we're vetting, that's what we're looking for at the host. One thing that is there's no visible downloads that's public that you can get on a podcast. So that's the first thing everybody wants to know. How yep. many downloads per episode? Nobody knows. I can ask you. <laughs> you can tell me you have 10 million downloads per episode and there's no way I can prove that. Yeah. And anyway, if you look at the metric of a download, it's actually only however many seconds that it's played for and so it's not even, you know, it's not 60 minutes or 30 yeah, minutes. Exactly. It really has the person listen for a short amount of time so it's not really a great metric. Yeah. So it's also, the like we were saying before, The quality of the audience, the quality of the audio, the quality of the host. Who else has been on the show? Does the show have guests? You'd be surprised how many people pitch a show that doesn't even have guests. (laughs) You'd be surprised how many people pitch a show that hasn't had an episode. I had a podcast, an older podcast. I haven't done that in four years. I still get pitched. I have no podcast and I've already been there. pitched twice yeah. today. I'd love yeah. to be in your podcast. That's awesome. I don't have one right now. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. So this is basic. It's basic, but it just shows the unprofessionalism. I'm not sure if that's the correct word. <laughs> <laughs> of, <laughs> uh, it it doesn't sound right. At <laughs> I've just said it. Of people and it actually damages your brand. So you can use an agency like me and we do a really strict vetting process, but if you're doing it yourself, which many people are, if you're using a virtual assistant or if you're getting somebody on your team to do it, just please make sure that they really are trained and know what they're doing because we're laughing and it sounds basic, but if that person is representing you and they come in with a pitch, which I'm sure, Bruce, you've been pitched thousands of times, then you're like, oh, Kelly, oh, gosh, her team isn't really, I can't trust her. Her team isn't that great. She mustn't be that great because they've pitched me and I don't have guests haven't done an episode, they're pitching me about blue bananas, but we actually talk about pink elephants, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever it is. And then you go and look at – yeah, so there's a lot because – yes, podcasts are independent, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't treat them like a professional outlet. Yeah,
1: yeah no, So that's exactly. the
0: way that I treat the whole exercise, because if you treat it as such, you will be treated as such. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important because when that Good Morning America does come knocking, you'll be ready because guess what? You've done 50 podcast episodes and you're across it.
1: Well, exactly. And that's the thing that I sort of find or I, I'm looking at when I'm talking to you know people that want to be on the show is just, have you done podcasts before? Because there, there is just a, you know, there's a skill or there's ease that comes with someone who's been on several podcasts. It's just kind of a natural conversation, and I find that people that it's their first first time being on a podcast, you know, it's it's very stiff. They're typically trying to force it too much. They've got you know talking points that they're trying to literally read from cue cards. You know, so I, you know, practicing and you know, getting on getting on podcasts, getting on many of them, and, and learning how to be a good guest is a is a huge one. And I, but that not everyone is a good guest, to be quite honest.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple of things in that. Bruce at the Town Square we say practice practice in private before you go public. Mm -hmm. So start with the smaller shows. And also, we've all got a laptop. And on that laptop, there's dozens of audio and video programs. Just go in, press play, talk to yourself, get used to it, get used to your talking points, even if it's for three minutes a day. And if you do that for a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months, however long you need to get ready, by the time you're ready to go on that show, you're comfortable. And podcasts are actually, the podcast guesting strategy is also great for introverts because it's one-to-one yes and it's pre-recorded so you can have your you know google doc up there with a couple of talking points not to read off not to memorize not to be a robot Mm -hmm. but just if you get worried you're like okay well i know that i've got it there and you probably won't look at it so and also like we said it's the speaking tour you can do without leaving the house Mm -hmm. so you can be comfortable in that but make sure you've got good tech doesn't mean expensive Just, I would not suggest using just your normal computer mic that's Mm -hmm. built in. If you want to be a podcast guest, and you can do it for as little as $100, just make sure you get your mic and headphones because show up using a laptop mic is, it's like showing up for a job interview wearing a pair of flip-flops and a (laughs) T-shirt. Like, you know what I mean? Because all you have is your audio. All you have is your audio. So the one I'm using right now is a Sennheiser. That was less than $100. Yeah. And I can travel with that. And I could get a $500 mic, but I like to show that... This sounds good and it's affordable and you can do it. Yeah. And start with the smaller shows like you were saying. Like don't expect to be Tim Ferriss on your first show. Mm -hmm. Get those reps in. You don't go to the Olympics without doing Little League, so get those reps in, do the smaller shows, and do shows that are starting out, because once they get bigger and more popular, it's very difficult to get on them, and if you've been on there earlier, you get a second bite at the cherry. Yeah, exactly. And if you decide to start your own podcast after doing a podcast guest tour, guess what? You've already got a slate of people that can be guests on your show, so there's reciprocation in podcasting as well.
1: Yeah, no, those are good strategies, things things that I've learned both the hard way and the Easy way in some cases, but uh, yeah, it is. It really is. You know, getting getting yourself kind of comfortable and trained. And yeah, I love your comment about the Google having the Google doc up. Is like I often find like having thought through the points and having kind of typed them up and having those things crafted and kind of internalized. You, you never end up using them during the presentation or during the show itself, but knowing that they're there just psychologically can help. And it, it helps you just kind of hone in on what your message is and what points you want to get across, and you can deliver it very naturally. But you know what the base is going into the program.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also being a podcast guest just helps you refine your own message. Yeah. What did the people react to? What did they not react to? What did I say well? What did I get surprised about? Mm-hmm. It's just good. And it will also help your public speaking. It will yeah. help you speak to your clients. It's just beneficial.
1: Yeah. yeah it is so that.
0: beneficial on so many things. It's really not just about, hey, I want to reach these people and sell the things. Yeah. That's a really s- narrow view of what the possibility is. And don't forget that you need to promote, leverage and repurpose the content afterwards. So it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I find it hard to see another medium that does as much in the same way that podcasting does with so many opportunities.
1: Yeah, no, very true. I think that's the other thing I've learned over the years is, you know, how to leverage that content, whether it's, um, you know, snippets of audio, whether it's turning into blog posts, social posts, you know, there's so many ways you can reuse the content and, and get it out there in other shapes and forms to, Increase your interaction with the audience, and the other one is like people get worried that oh my gosh, I'm putting too much out there in the world. I have certainly learned that, that is not the case. I, I have yet to some, tell me someone to tell me that oh my gosh, I'm flooding their their channels. you know it's usually the opposite. It's usually like I just love the stuff you're putting out. Uh, it's really great content and if you're if you're creating good content and insightful content, people want to see it. I mean, they, they want to digest it. They want to interact with it. So I, I would you know, encourage folks that either have been on podcasts or have podcasts and they're trying to figure out how to leverage that is just figure out other ways to take that content and get it out into the world.
0: And Bruce, what are you seeing with people pitching you? You've got a podcast, you get pitched. I'm a perfect example of that. What do you like? What do you dislike? How frequently are you getting pitched? What does it look like?
1: You know, It's interesting. I think that the big thing that I find is when the pitch is too complicated, I mean, I, I, the fact is, is that a half an hour episode is very, very short and it's tough to cover a lot of points. The ones that resonate for me the most are ones that are, are very clear, two to three things that we can talk about that are interesting and I think are going to be helpful to the audience and, and someone that I feel has has really identified with the audience. I mean, oftentimes I get pitched and, and it's a very, you know, kind of pitching me and and really what I want to see is how is this going to help the people that are listening to the program? And so if I if I see that, if I see a couple of clear points that are well articulated, that are easy to read, that is not multiple paragraphs long. And I think those points are really going to resonate to the audience. That's pretty much a win. You know, there's some cases where someone's pitching me, and I've had, I've already had a recent episode exactly on that topic. So sometimes I find that it's like, well, if you looked at the last, you know, five, ten episodes, you may have figured out a different way to pitch it, or you know, it's just too familiar to something I've done recently. That's uh, maybe that's something that that kicks some people out every now and again. But you know, keep it simple, keep it direct. Think about my audience. That's what gets people on the program. Quite honestly.
0: Yeah. And what about the volume and frequency? Uh, I get several
1: uh, several a week at this point. So, I mean, I, there's direct pitches which are coming through through email, and then I've got a submission form that's on the podcast itself if you want to be a guest. And I probably, they're probably even right now, you know, but it's, uh, Either one kind of gets filtered in the same way, but yeah, you know, it's probably five to ten a week are coming through at this point. And I, you know, I'm I'm producing one to two a week, so you know, there's a twenty percent success rate uh, roughly on those that I'm accepting in. The other one I will say is I do have a couple of nice relationships with people like yourself in the in the space who who represent lots of guests, and they've gotten to know me pretty well and know what I like, and they will feed me you know well crafted curated guests, and that is actually a pretty productive relationship I have um, with those folks so it's a the service that you provide is 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 needed on both sides you know it helps my job uh, be easier in terms of being able to produce quality content and i know for the guests it helps them you know making sure they're getting on the right shows and are prepped well and you know it's a good fit so i think it's a it's an interesting sort of economy that is developed around podcasting but it's an important
0: one yeah i would yeah and i think the important thing in that is don't look at podcasts as low-hanging fruit because like you said, you get pitched 10 times a week, mm-hmm. which is more than 500 times a year. And if there's, depending on how many episodes, like you said, you've got a 20% chance. So you really do need to put effort in just because you send a pitch doesn't mean it's a yes. So if you're putting that time in, be really thoughtful about it because just because your pitch doesn't mean it's going to be a yes. It is competitive and it's only getting more competitive. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little bit more if people want to find out more about you and about the talent squad. Where can they get that interview? information? What are some, you know, sources of, you know, how, how to use services like yours that uh, would be helpful for folks?
0: Sure. Go to thetalentsquad.com. And if you just go to the blog section, there's lots of little blogs on there that will also give you tips. So thetalentsquad.com.
1: I will make sure that that's in the show notes so people can click through. Kelly, this has been a pleasure. It's always fun to kind of talk to people about podcasting. Like we said in the beginning, a little meta, Um, but um, yeah, it's a fascinating space. I think anyone who's listening to this that is looking to grow and scale their business is looking to um, sort of grow their audience and their reach and their thought leadership. You know, podcasting is is great. Being guests on podcasts, ultimately, if you want to create a podcast, you know, it's it's a great platform. It as much it is is grown. I think it has a lot more to grow. So I think it's a good place to get into. And I. Really appreciate the time. I think we've covered a lot of great points, and um, you know, it's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you so much. Excellent host, excellent. You've been listening to Scaling Up Services with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at scalingupservices.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at scalingupservices.com slash newsletter.